0: Good morning, church. Happy 35th birthday, uh, everybody. We're excited to join us if you're here in person or online today. Uh, We are celebrating our church's 35th birthday. And for some of us, uh, 35 sounds uh, really, really young. We'll take 35. Uh, I'd love to go back to 35. For some here this morning, 35 may sound really old. And uh, some of you uh, only identify as age 35, but uh, we all know that you're over 40. So, anyway, you know, in a day and age in Asia which we live, we're just gonna we're gonna celebrate and we're gonna uh, give God all the praise and glory for what He's done. You know, on this day. Uh, 35 years ago, we had our very first service as a church in the Tan building, which is located right behind Harris Teeter, across the street. And uh, it began in a Bible study that met uh, where McDonald's is, uh, just on the other side of the intersection across the street, uh, and several months of Bible study was going on. This morning I was getting a, uh, a drink and a biscuit in the drive through at McDonald's. And I was thinking, this is where it all started, right, right here at McDonald's. And, uh, you know, the, the place has sure changed over the years. Uh, uh, the church has changed over the years. And it's, it's exciting just to see all that God has done over 35 years. I wonder this morning how many were here in those early days you're the oldies but goodies alright uh, those of us that have been around since those the first year first couple years if you were here would you stand this morning we want to recognize all of those who were back here in the very beginning of the church there are not a lot of us left alright but let's give all of them a hand this morning each one of these have sacrificed who have been here they have prayed they have given they have served uh, those early days setting up uh, hymnals and books and chairs and I mean all of the things in those early days and ho- hosting Bible studies and things of that nature. How many have been here at least 20 or more years? I was talking to some of our members this morning. Been here at least 20 or more years here at Calvary. If you would stand. Uh, there's a few more of these in the building. Uh, let's give them a hand. At least 20 or more. Uh, just stay standing, all right? 20 or more years. If you have been here 10 or more years, if you would join them at least 10 or more years, uh, you have been here at Calvary 10 or more years, you can stand this morning and join these. All right, right, five. if you've come in the last five years, all right, if you've come sometime in the last five years, uh, join them, those that are staying. There's a lot of new people, folks. Online, there's tons of even more people. Uh, let's give every one of y'all a hand this morning. <clears throat> All of us are part of the story of what God is doing and has done through Calvary Raleigh Church. And to say change has, uh, has been a part of the process would be an understatement. In fact, I think back to those early days, this was a tobacco field. In fact, some of you may not know this, this was originally the NC State Farms. Uh, when you drive up Lake Wheeler Road and you see all those farms and, and cows and the, 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 the uh, ice cream uh, place right there on the side of the road, Uh, that's where it is today but originally this was part of NC State Farms uh, back in the day and I remember when the church first began these were all tobacco fields and uh, we were in the middle of nowhere in fact if you were from Raleigh you didn't venture out this far there was nothing down here I mean there was a little barbecue joint where the Hardee's is next door there was a a NC Steel was across the street where Harris Deeter is and There was a little gas station on the corner right over here. There was a house on the other corner. I mean, it was no man's land. In fact, Fuquay, no one had ever heard of that town hardly. I mean, it was so far Uh, from Raleigh people didn't venture out and you talk to people from Cary they didn't even know we existed over here I mean that this is like a whole different world uh, for some of them over the years uh, we have seen just God bringing the world to our doorsteps now if you look around us we're in the middle of everything that is now happening in Southern Wake County and what an awesome place to be from the middle of nowhere uh, to have a, We had an Apex address originally, uh, now we have a Raleigh address, now we're annexed into the town of Fuquay and uh, we're getting ready to, uh, we're working on the plans are being drawn for our new parking lots. We're looking to add on to our buildings in the coming years and we're excited about how God is bringing the world to our doorstep. Uh, hopefully later this fall there'll be a stoplight right out in front of our church. Uh, you'll be able to turn left out of the church with a stoplight. I mean how awesome is that? Costco is going to be in uh, across the street. They're telling us this fall in October. Uh, and so uh, across the street uh, over uh, 401 uh, all, uh, I've been telling you about some of the development that's coming over there. 1,400 new homes have been scheduled. That developer has now pulled out and multiple other developers have come together more apartments, more townhomes, more single-family homes. So 1,400 isn't even close to the number. It's probably over 2,000. And folks, with all that's coming around our, our church, with the, the interstate 540 going behind us, it is going to absolutely explode, and we are right exactly where God wants us to be. And he knew all of that. That's the cool thing is 35 years ago, he knew that Raleigh was going to explode with growth. And, and it, it's on the top of every single list of the places that you want to live places you want to work places you want to raise a family and some of you are saying stop we're full stop telling people that Uh, we want to we want to stop where we're at and tap out but folks that's part of God's plan and and he orchestrated and ordained 35 years ago that we would the church would start and dad and mom would have a vision to see this church planted and then go on Uh, all of these years this morning as I was getting ready I was thinking This is 15 years now that I've been your pastor, and and I think to myself, where did the time go? How is it possible? And the last year was probably the most challenging of all of the years in the life of the church, but yet here we are today. And folks, God still is on his throne, and he has very much has a plan for us to reach our city with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I invite you to take your Bibles to Acts chapter 2 as we're going to dive into the Word of God looking at in our next step series as we started last Sunday this morning we're looking at growing intentionally and what that looks like to take ownership of your own discipleship discipleship is a process that must be multiplying uh, disciples discipleship is a process folks we're not to become a professional Christian in fact as you know uh, if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ Every day we have work to grow in a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ. Can I, be, can I give you the four-on-one? Your pastor this morning is not perfect. In fact, I know some of you have probably totally blew your uh, your whole mind thinking. Uh, some people put their pastor on a pedestal and, and think that they're perfect. But folks, I'm a sinner saved by grace. Every single day I need to be in the Word of God and on my knees in prayer and Begging out for God to do a work in my life and to change me from the man I am today to the man he wants me to be. To be the the husband, the the father, the the pastor, the leader that he's called me to be. We don't want professional Christians. We want people that understand our need for God's grace. And, And we covet the work of God in our lives and we desire to see him change and radically transform our city. This morning we have people that have a head knowledge of God They've taken every Bethmore Bible study you could possibly, and I'm saying I'm crossing into some uh, uh, territory right now. They've taken every Bible study you could possibly imagine. They, they've done all of the workbooks in 2-7 in discipleship. They, they went and grew up in Iwana, and they could quote all of the verses of the Iwana clubs, and maybe they went to Christian school, and they learned all of the verses and checked all the boxes, so to speak. The folks... I want to ask you this morning, who are you personally investing in and discipling that they may not only come to faith in Jesus Christ, but they may grow to maturity and and come to make disciples themselves? They can quote scripture, they can, uh, people have the the textbook answers this morning, but I want to know is, who are you personally investing in? Back in the day, growing up, we had something we called sword drills. Uh, Anybody in the building know what a sword drill is this morning? Uh, back in the day, and I say this uh, with great uh, excitement because I was an expert sword driller. I mean, Martha, you grew up as a pastor's kid. I know you could win some sword drills. But, I mean, I, early on we would learn, memorize the books of the Bible. And then they would call out a scripture and they would say, Romans 8, 28. And they, in case you didn't hear it the first time, they repeated a second time, and you'd sit here, your hand, your hand out, your Bible on it. Daniel, you've been in these before, and all of a sudden you tear into it. You're trying, find Romans eight twenty eight, and you've got to have your finger on the verse, and you stand up, and the first person stands up, gets to read the verse out, and, and you get a point for that particular one, and then you do it again, and you get bigger, harder. Ecclesiastes, Lamentations. I mean, you're trying to remember. I don't even know if that's in the Old Testament, the New. T- you, is it even in the Bible? I mean, and then someone throws in Hezekiah or, or something like that just to throw everybody all off. And everybody's staring in their Bibles trying to find it. And that's not in the Bible. But anyway, uh, you, you, you can do all of those things. Win the Bible sword drills. You can quote all the scriptures. But let me ask you this morning, who are you personally investing in are you walking across the street and talking to the neighbor and inviting them to church? Are you building a relationship with people at coworkers workers and, and people you go to school with that you can have a relationship and lead them to faith in Jesus Christ? You say, Pastor, I have perfect attendance in Sunday school. I did that as well. A- and I have the lapel pins to prove all of the years of perfect attendance. That just means I was healthy. And my parents kicked my butt out of bed every Sunday morning and said, you're going to church. And, you know, we had a drug problem. Mom and dad would drag, drag us to church every single Sunday. And I'm, I'm not warped at all because of that. I don't have any weird ticks or anything. I'm totally playing with it. But I, the reality is this morning is I'm thankful for a mom and dad who invested in my spiritual well-being. But not everybody has that. In fact, in 2021... Few and far between are those who've grown up where they were in church every single week. making it a priority to teach them how to have a personal relationship. I'm not talking about checking boxes. I'm talking about daily walking with Jesus. What it means to make disciples of Jesus Christ. This morning as we continue in our series Next Steps, whether today is your first time in church You have somewhere to go in your spiritual journey. There's somewhere you need to take a next step in that relationship towards Christ-likeness. Whether you've attended for the last five years, as some of you just stood, uh, or maybe you've been here as a charter member, there's still a next step in your relationship with God. Each one of you have room to grow. And this week, we crossed yesterday the one-year mark since the COVID-19 pandemic shut down our, our entire world. And Folks, it may have robbed us of a lot of things, but it does not alter or change the mission of Christ church. In fact, the mission is even louder and clearer today than it ever has been because people are searching for hope. They're looking for answers to the world problems that we're facing. And folks, it's not going to be handled in Washington or downtown Raleigh and, and, the, and the government buildings. It's going to happen in the house of God when the people of God get their hearts right with God. We confess our sins. We cry out to God in prayer and ask him to radically transform our lives. Thanks. And folks, one thing it did not do is rob us of the mission of God. Last week we talked about the importance of worshiping corporately by gathering weekly. in church, this is where it happens. Every single day we're in the trenches. Some of you go into your workplace, the marketplace, and you are the only person in your office that knows Jesus Christ and has a personal relationship. You've got to be in church on Sundays. Why? Because, folks, it's a time of, of stirring our hearts of exhorting one another, encouraging one another. Folks, as we see the day of approaching of God's return, it's got to be a, a regular, consistent gathering of God's people. It, it's important. It's vital. In fact, D.L. Moody says to weekly church attendance is like a rich blood transfusion to a sick person because, folks, you get a blood transfusion, it can radically transform someone who's going downhill physically. And folks, when you go to church, it's uplifting, it's encouraging, it's challenging, it's exhorting, it's all of those things and so much more. But folks, this morning in our text we're going to see a powerful movement of God as the Holy Spirit begin to work in the life of the New Testament church. At the beginning of Acts chapter 2, we see the day of Pentecost in the upper room where Peter is preaching a, a powerful sermon and they experience a move of God that no one had ever seen. And we're not going to have time to read all of those verses. Go home this afternoon and start in Acts chapter 2, verse 1. But as he preached through the sermon. And folks, don't forget in Acts chapter 1, Christ is getting ready to go back to heaven. He's getting ready to sit. His disciples are going, What are we going to do? How are we going to carry on what you started if you're not here? And you can imagine. the the fear, the the uncertainty, the the doubt. Uh, And he says, hold on. And, And Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he says, but you will receive, what's that word, church? Power. After the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and where else, church? To the ends of the earth. This week, I... Uh, I, I talked to a uh, uh, message, Nora, and I said, we need to transfer some funds to Pastor Omar in Nicaragua, and he was here a few weeks ago, and he reached out to me just the other day. He says, Pastor David, he said, is there any way that we can get some money to buy some tables and a, and a TV screen for our church? He says, we are reaching so many new disciples with the gospel, that we need places to train them, and how to to disciple them, and we need to be able to sit them down in small groups, and and sit around and teach them the word of God, and we don't have the the resources and the tools to be able to do that effectively as the church is growing, and so we need to transfer some money from our, our missions account over to Pastor Omar, and help meet that need. Why? Because even in a pandemic, the church of Christ is moving forward. The church of Christ is making disciples, and folks... We've got to grow intentionally, and it requires us to work with the power of the Holy Spirit. And it starts right here. I love this passage in Acts one eight because it reminds us, you and I are not in this race alone. We're not doing this on our own accord. In fact, you cannot make disciples apart from the power of God upon your life. And let's dive into our text this morning. Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 41, it says... So those who received the word were baptized, and they were added that day about 3,000 souls. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. Imagine this morning, being present in those early days, talking about 35 years of the church. Imagine being there in Acts. In the very beginning... And the awe and the wonder. and We talk about the vision. Some women will see dream, dream, dream. Some will see visions. Folks, they were experiencing it in real time. They had a front row seat. Talking about being on that front row of a roller coaster. Have you ever traveled to one of these big amusement parks like Busch Gardens? And, and you get on the Griffin, I believe is the, one of those rides. And you sit on that front row. And I mean, it takes you right over the edge And pauses just so you can see your life flash before your eyes. And you're staring down at death, sudden death right before you. And I'm telling you, it's worth standing in line for like an extra hour to sit in the front row. Because, I mean, it'll literally take your breath away. And all of a sudden, you're hanging there, you're dangling, your feet are dangling. And all of a sudden, somebody hits that button. And I'm telling you, folks, there is a ride and experience like none other. But folks, as exciting as the Griffin is... As exciting as the Eagle at at, uh, at Dollywood and and, and Tennessee, even more exciting is to have a front row seat in the church of Jesus Christ as God is building His church. Because, folks, you're going to go through downward hills. You're going to go upside down. You're going to go through a pandemic year. You're going to go through years of, uh, of plenty and years of struggle. But in all of that, you get to see the hand of God radically transforming a city Right before our very eyes, he goes on in, in our text, it says, And all who believed were together, had all things in common. They were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing to the pro, the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together, breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. I love this last verse, verse 47. The Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved holy spirit move in our hearts father we need a touch from you this morning i pray god that each and every person that's present in our midst this morning in the building that are watching online that may watch this over the next few days or weeks god you would get a hold of our hearts and allow us to see the urgency of taking ownership in the discipleship process god that we may make disciples who make disciples god help us to get involved in small groups where we can grow ourselves and we can invest in the growth of others god and see our city radically transform one person at a time god may you continue to use us and increase your your church our influence the ability to make an impact not only locally but globally god may you continue to use us for your glory and god i pray the next 35 years would be so transformational that would people look all around and say man the impact that the gospel has had on southern wake county they've had on, uh, on raleigh north carolina on fuquay on carry and apex and andrew and garner lord i pray that you would do such a mighty work in our hearts and lives god that only you could receive the glory and the credit and the honor that's due god give us a, a harvest of souls god i pray for those that are watching and listening this morning Lord, that do not know you as Lord and Savior. Lord, I pray they would understand the urgency of the gospel. And Lord, the word of God tells us it's an appointed unto man once to die and after that the judgment. We're all going to stand before God one day. I I can honestly say I've not been in fear over the last year, not for one second. Because I know that the word of God gives me clarity that when I breathe my final breath here in this life, my very next breath is in heaven. Lord, I know where my future is settled. I know that I have a home waiting for me in heaven, and God to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. God, I'm I'm excited about that. I'm looking forward to that day, and, and Paul says uh, that's a win for the Christian. Lord, to be uh, with you and, and in your presence, God, may you do a mighty work in our midst, and those that don't know you as Lord and Savior that today they'd bow the knee, confess you as Lord and Savior. We'll be careful to praise you, give you all the honor and glory in your name. We pray, Amen. I look at our text this morning we must grow intentionally by taking ownership of our discipleship you say pastor what does this mean i'm glad you asked let's dig into our text this morning discipleship creates spiritual growth in fact you see in our text in verse 41 those who received his word something began to take place they not only got saved they got baptized They joined the church, they were added to the church that same day about 3,000 souls. Can you imagine any church, I don't care if you are the largest church in town, if you have 3,000 people that get saved and are added to your roles and your membership, there is a lot of logistics going, I mean all my staff is going Holy cow! I mean, how do we even manage this? I'm not even sure our software and data will hold those many names. and I'm not sure how to even start the data entry. I mean, mean, just blowing up. I mean, it's crazy. But the reality, can you imagine keeping the nursery with 3,000 new people that just joined? I mean, every nursery worker in America quits on that day. I mean, it's just one of those moments. But you can only imagine it creates spiritual growth. Every single one of us have a next step. Let me give you the 411, I'm not perfect. I need other people around me that love me, that are speaking into my life. I need people, that you need people around you that are speaking into your life and helping you grow in relationship with God. For some that are in the room that are watching online, uh, your, your next step is to place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ for salvation. That's your next step. And if you've never done that, I want to say it's the greatest step of all because it's the most exciting when you see life, someone go from death and to life. You see someone who realizes I'm a sinner and I've made a mess of this life, but Jesus Christ loves me in spite of myself. I mean, that was a life-changing moment for me, when I understood that it didn't matter what I'd said, what I'd done, where I'd been, Jesus Christ loved me in spite of myself, and folks, when you take that first step, that is a, a baby step, but folks, it's an awesome experience, in fact, the Word of God says the angels of heaven rejoice when one sinner places their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. A couple, three Sundays ago, we had four people on a Sunday morning that invited Jesus Christ to forgive them of their sin and, and accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. What a time of celebration. But folks, uh, you look at people that taking that next step. And for those that have been saved, their next step is baptism. Last Sunday we had a uh, um, young man that accepted Christ as his Savior. And he went through the baptismal waters and took his next step. In fact, after the service, we had several other people said, hey, I'm ready for that too, and I need to be baptized, and in a couple of weeks, we'll be doing it again right after Easter, and more people are getting baptized, Uh, Last Sunday, we had two families that joined the church, and folks, they took that next step in their relationship with Jesus Christ. And they're saying, we're ready to get plugged in and begin to serve God here in this place. Over the course of this week, two more families have messaged us to say, hey, we're ready to join the church. We want to get plugged in. We want to—see what happens is, it's a process of spiritual growth. The more you disciple people, the more they understand, I don't want to stay as a spiritual baby— I don't want to stay as an infant in Christ. And folks, uh, some of you are, have already been saved or have been baptized. And your next step is to get plugged into a local church where you can make an impact. And May 2nd is our next starting point class. We want you to be registered for that class. And we want you to come and, and begin growing and, and going steps towards plugging in and making an impact in our city. First Peter chapter 2 verse 2 says, Like newborn infants long for pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation it's a process daily of growing spiritually and discipleship will create a spiritual hunger and people's lives is we want to be more like Jesus Christ I want God to transform me so I can make an impact on the kingdom of God and it's a natural desire of every believer. We see, secondly, discipleship is a decision on the part of each believer and every believer. Look at verse 42 of our text. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and doctrine and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. You see, what happens is we either choose to be a part of what God is doing and continue growing as a disciple of Jesus Christ, or we choose to stay a spiritual infant. Choice is up to you. Well, Pastor, I only got saved because my my girlfriend was pressure me. I really, I mean, I wouldn't. I'm not. I'm just not that crazy about the church. I'm just not that crazy. Okay. Well, then maybe you need to get saved. The process is when you do understand what Jesus Christ did when He died on the cross and saved you for your from your sin. It will give a desire, create a desire to know God more, to have a deeper relationship. But it's a decision we make this morning to get up and go to church on Sunday. It's a decision we make to open our Bible and begin to read and understand that it has words of God that will transform my life if I allow it to. It's a decision of God to get on our knees and cry out to God in prayer and say, God, I need your help this morning. I need some wisdom. I need direction. Folks, if there was ever a time, our parents, our church leaders, our young people need to cry out to God on our knees in prayer. It's today. The church is in a sad state of affairs. The, the world is in a sad state of affairs, and it's not going to get better, folks. Corporately, we've got to pray and ask for God's wisdom and direction if we're ever going to make an impact on our, our, our city with the gospel. You see, Discipleship is a decision you must make this morning. In fact, corporate worship is so important. We talked about that last Sunday, but that's not where discipleship takes place. That's just the, the launch pad, but so, to, so to speak. But eventually, you've got to get plugged into a, a small group because discipleship doesn't happen in rows like this, discipleship happens in circles it happens when you come together and you're sitting around a table or you're sitting around a a living room and you're experiencing life with other believers and you're recognizing I don't have all the answers we're gonna dig into God's Word and find the answers to life's greatest troubles the real discipleship happens not in groups of hundreds but in the groups of 5 or 10 or 15 that's where life change the real life change begins to take place we need people to speak truth into our lives. We need people that care about us, that love us, that care enough to to challenge us to grow deeper. 2020 was probably not the best year to talk about discipleship in small groups. In fact, many of our groups met over Zoom or uh, one of these other uh, video platforms and I don't know about you, but after last year, if I never do another Zoom call, it'd be too soon. I mean, anybody else right there with me? I I, I don't like uh, Zoom, uh, and, and some of you are you know you get up and you put on your your, uh, your tie and your coat or whatever, but below, below you've got on wind pants or you've got you still got on your pajama pants on. I mean, you you let's you know, be real. I mean, but you can get up and do whatever, but we need the interaction. We need the relationships. Can I just say we need the hugs? We're a hugging church, and it's been about to kill me for about a year now. I mean, I, and I, I'm not talking about the weird kind of hugs. I'm talking about like that man. I love you. I want you, and I love that because every single person. You say, I'm not a touchy feely person, Pastor. I'm not. I run from people like you. Well, you know what? You need someone in your life to tell you that they love you and they genuinely care about you and your relationship with God. And folks that from the 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 most introverted person to the most extroverted person we need the people of god to surround us and encourage us in that relationship one year ago we were getting ready to launch a whole host of new life groups and literally the bottom got ripped out from under us the world got turned upside down on its head and and, but folks in just like three weeks we're launching a whole bunch of brand new life groups we're giving you an opportunity to get plugged in and grow in relationship with other people. You can take ownership of your discipleship process and make a decision to say yes to God's best for your life. I want to challenge you. We're going to talk at Life Groups, and I'm going to put it on the screen. It's an opportunity that you have to grow intentionally by building relationships. We believe at Calvary that spiritual growth is important, and for that reason, we're going to challenge every person— to get into a life group and do life with other people. Life groups are where relationships are formed, community happens, and spiritual growth takes place. Our groups spend time in God's Word through Bible study and sermon-based application. Each group is encouraged to study the Bible weekly, hang out together monthly, and serve together quarterly. Groups meet in various locations and all throughout the week everyone is encouraged to be a part of a life group so what we're going to do is if you went through life groups a few years ago it was strictly discipleship what we're going to do for many of you you've already gone through all of that and we're going to continue with what we're calling life groups today which offers you're learning and you're studying the word of god every single day you're reading the scriptures together you're turning talking about the application of the scripture but then just like from the message this morning you'll have some application questions In your small group that will help you process what I'm preaching on on Sundays and learn to apply it to your daily life. And so then you're spending time in prayer as a small group, praying for the needs of the church, the needs of the group, the needs of our nation, and and calling on God to do a mighty work. Then D groups is going to be just discipleship. And that's for people who maybe didn't grow up in church or they've just recently gotten saved. And for about 12 to 18 months... It's a a closed group that they can go to, and they can ask questions. They're going to be studying the Word of God. They're going to be memorizing Scripture. They're going to be going through discipleship materials for about 12 to 18 months to help them get fully grounded in their relationship with Jesus Christ and grow as as a follower and disciple of Jesus Christ. What we're going to do is give you opportunities. Those who have already gone through all of the discipleship process, get plugged into a life group and continue growing, continue investing in other people. Some of you are ready to lead a, a D group, and you're wanting to start discipling other people. We want you to be involved in that process. Tim Keller said, discipleship is not an option. Jesus says, Any, if anyone would come after me, he must follow me. In fact, he says, take up your cross and follow me. So what happens is, it's a process, it's a decision to choose to follow Jesus Christ. Robbie, Galilee. Who writes a lot of discipleship material said, When the church becomes an end in itself, it ends. He says, When Sunday school, as great as it is, becomes an end uh, uh, in itself, it ends. When the worship service becomes an end in itself, it ends. What we need is for discipleship to be the goal, and then the process never ends, the process is fluid. It's always moving. It's active. It's a living thing. It must continue to go on. Every disciple must make disciples. You see, this is exactly what's modeled in Acts and all throughout the early New Testament churches. Is people were constantly making disciples of Jesus Christ. Discipleship will also transform a city. Look at verse forty-three of our text. He says, "All came upon every soul. Many wonders and signs were being done up through the apostles." All who believed were together and had all things common. They were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all, as any had need. As life change begins to take place, people were in awe of what the Holy Spirit was doing. You ever see God at work in tangible ways? Sometimes I've I've seen it in church services. I've seen it in everyday life and it, sometimes it's just like, wow, God answered that prayer immediately. We've prayed for someone who's going into surgery and seen the, the doctor come out of surgery and said, I can't tell you what happened, but we got in there and it was a whole different picture from what all the x-rays, all the MRIs, everything had shown. It was completely different. We've seen people who've had cancer, who've had major uh, issues. We had a, a baby that was born and... And had all these medical conditions, and when they when the baby was delivered, it was like minor compared to what they thought they had been told, and what all of the the tests and everything had said. It was a direct answer to God's people begging God to in prayer to do it. Why should we be in awe? Why should we be shocked? I mean, folks, the reality is 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 the Church of God when He's at work. It's a constant amazement at what God is doing in our city. Discipleship has transformed It's a transformative nature to it. The more we make disciples, the more our city will look like Jesus Christ. We begin to realize the more we become like Jesus, the more we share the gospel, the more our city will begin to look just like Jesus. Chuck Swindoll said this. He says, fortunately, God made all varieties of people with a wide variety of interests and abilities. He's called people, uh, he says, of every race and color who've been hurt by life in every manner unimaginable. He says, even the scars of past abuse and injury can be the means of bringing healing to another. What wonderful opportunities to make disciples. You see, what happens is, as I look around the building this morning, and as I look at those that are tuning in online, Every one of us has a story of God's grace, of his redemption. In fact, we can look around and think back five years, ten years, fifteen years ago, twenty, some of you, thirty, forty, fifty, sixty years ago, of where I was before Jesus Christ radically changed. Some of you, I wouldn't want to know about that then. Let's be real. I mean, some of you are thinking, Pastor, you wouldn't have hung out with me. You wouldn't have invited me over for, for dinner at your house. I mean, it would probably have been like, don't call us, we'll call you kind of a thing. I mean, some of you probably think, man, if you'd only known me before I came to faith in Christ. But folks, that's the beauty of discipleship it's transformative in nature. So, what we once were, Paul's fed, in fact, he's reading off in First Corinthians a whole litany of, uh, of sins. He says, And such were some of you before you came to faith in Christ, but now your life is radically transformed. And this morning, part of our coming to church and celebrating uh, is, is making an impact on our city. I watched people this morning coming through those front doors with big old things of, of toilet paper and paper towels. He said, Is there another run on toilet paper? You know what? There are people in our community that are still struggling t- to meet their daily necessities. Well, we volunteer and, and, and do a lot of work at, with love from Jesus. And they reach, we reached out to them just the other day and, and they told Jackson, they said, we need toilet paper and, and paper towels. So I watched this morning as people are walking through the doors with donations. Why? Because we want to... Help transform our community. One roll of toilet paper at a time. And uh, you never know how important some things are until you don't have them. And and folks, the reality is we can make an impact on our city by showing them the love of Jesus Christ. It's going to bring, discipleship brings about transformation. Then we see lastly, discipleship will produce numerical growth. Look at verse 46. Day by day, attending the temple together, breaking bread in their homes. They received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. You see, discipleship not only produces spiritual growth, it also produces numerical growth. As the church is making disciple, one of the natural uh, byproducts Is You begin to see God radically changing people's lives, and spiritual growth is taking place, but numerical growth is taking place. We talked about that last week in in corporate worship. Verse 46 says they did it daily. They gathered in the temple daily. Some of you, we're struggling to get you here yearly. I mean, Christmas and Easter, I mean, it's only twice a year. I mean, think about if you only saw your spouse twice a year. What would that relationship be like? Strained and strange. (laughs) I mean, think about it. If we only saw our our, our loved ones twice a year, I mean, my heart goes out to those who are married to someone in the military and, and what it must be like to have them off on a ship for six months at a time or, or gone over to the Middle East for uh, a year at a time and, and those welcome home. I mean, I, I'm 46 years old. I cry every time I see one of those videos on social media of, of dad or mom coming back from the military and surprising their kids or surprising their spouse. And I mean, the dogs that get all excited uh, you know, over there, their loved one that's come back from, from war. But folks, the reality is, is if we don't spend time with God's people in God's house, folks, we're going to be spiritually deficient. We're going to be anemic. We need that relationship with God. But it's not only a spiritual growth, it's a numerical growth. Making disciples, David Platt said, is of Jesus is the overflow of the delight in being disciples of Jesus. In other words it's the natural overflow of our relationship as I'm growing closer to Jesus Christ my life is going to overflow into those around me I'm going to make disciples of it's a natural thing that happens as we consider what Christ has called us to do a healthy body of water has two things that are actively going on there's always incoming water coming into that lake or that stream or that, that a pond or whatever it is but there's also an outflow there's an overflow as things begin to come in it can't just sit there it becomes stagnant because then bacteria sets in and and, and disease sets in and it becomes that murky, uh, green, nasty, infested waters that nobody would even dare step your, stick your toe in. But folks, what's beautiful is when there's an inflow of, what, of healthy relationships and God's Word and prayer and, and Bible study, and then there's an outflow uh, of investing and making disciples, folks, that's where we're healthiest and strongest and it will produce numerical, numerical growth. This year our theme is who's your one? We're seeking to focus on building intentional relationships so that we can lead people to faith in Jesus Christ. Easter is only three Sundays away. Have you invited your person? Have you invited your one to, Christ, to church? Because see, what happens is if we don't start now, well, you know what? We're going we're gonna to go to the beach that weekend. We're going to go to the lake that weekend. We're going to you waited too long invite your one to church In fact, we have tickets right outside in the lobby pick up a whole handful of them and and start passing those out and inviting people to come with you on uh, Easter Sunday stop in the lobby pick up some of those and invite your one and invite those neighbors in fact once you've done that write their name on one of those blue balls out there and drop it in the display in the lobby say why is that it's just another decision I'm going to be praying and I'm going to be inviting, having intentional conversations to see them come to faith in Jesus Christ. As we start seeing our one receive Christ, I cannot wait over the course of the next few weeks leading into Easter and, and the months to come in 2021. As we see orange balls and orange balls in that wall right now, someone's already led their one to Christ Folks, what happens is is over the course of this year, that whole wall is going to begin to take shape as people begin investing in their one and seeing them come to faith in Christ. So, Pastor, what's the application? Each one of us must ask ourselves who we're personally investing in as we seek to make disciples of Jesus. If I am going to fulfill the mission that Christ left me to do, I must engage and take ownership and do my part. Discipleship is a process. It's a decision to take ownership of of what God has has entrusted to my care. Secondly, am I willing to invest in my own spiritual growth and development? You see, corporate worship is important. It should be a part of my weekly plans. But discipleship happens in circles, not rows. Am I willing to carve out some time in my life during the week so that I can grow intentionally in my relationship with Christ? Next week, we're going to be signing up. We're going to be showing you a list of of different small groups that are meeting in in our community, in our city. We're going to be challenging you to sign up. And I want you to, right now, make plans. When I'm asked, when I'm invited, my answer is yes. We call that voluntold. (laughs) I'm, I'm volunteering because you told me I'm gonna do it, but at the end of the day, what happens is it's part of the process. If I'm gonna continue growing and I don't take ownership, I've got to have people in my life that I'm building relationships with that I trust that can speak into my life. Am I willing to carve out that time? And next week when we invite you to, I want you to say yes and say, I'm gonna gonna make that a priority in 2021. Then lastly, who am I personally inviting to Easter Sunday? Have I invited my one yet? Start those intentional conversations this week. Grab some of those tickets out there and give them out. To co-workers this week to neighbors to classmates back if you're in up through fifth grade you're all in school this week if you're in, uh, in person school uh, back to the, what is it a I don't even know what that is anymore uh, but we're we're playing a and you're going to school pick up some of those cards and start having to them out and inviting people to why because folks people have got to get into the sound of the gospel and in a time I mentioned last week how anxiety depression suicide is off the church people need to know this morning that there is hope in Jesus Christ and he overcame death hell and the grave and there's nothing in our lives this morning that happens to us that Jesus did already know about folks and folks he's gotten victory over those things and folks if we come to faith in Jesus Christ his Holy Spirit will live within us and give us the strength to overcome and say no to temptation heavenly father i pray this morning you would speak to our hearts what i realize is we talk about discipleship some people start getting a little fidgety they start getting uncomfortable because it requires us to get out of our comfort zone it requires us to open up and let people get to know us beyond a. I'm fine. I'm doing great, Pastor. We start seeing the real individual and the struggles that they face and the the challenges. But folks, God, we understand that that's what you created us. You created us to be a part of a community. You created us to have real relationships with other people who can love on us and speak into our lives and it turn we can love on them and encourage them in their relationship with God. God, may you do a mighty work in our hearts and lives this morning. God, help us to jump in with both feet in the process of discipleship and get plugged into a small group next week and begin the process of growing in my relationship with Jesus Christ. Help us to be intentional in the relationships we're building and this week Begin inviting for Easter Sunday, Lord. Not so that we can brag or say of what we've done, but God, so that you can do your work, your greatest work in transforming lives this Easter. Lord, I pray for those that may be here in person this morning or tuning in online that do not have a personal relationship with you. God, may this morning be that moment of decision in their life. Lord, as you're drawing them to yourself, Lord, I pray that they would... Come and allow someone to take the word of God and show them with confidence how they can begin a personal relationship with you. We'll be careful to praise you it all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Let's we'll stand to our feet as we sing.